0: time you loved someone that was like hard to love like you chose to love them and be loved to them even though they don't make it easy they make it hard you see what makes a person hard to love it varies from person to person because it has to do with you and me and how we see that person and why we see that person as hard to love. You and me, we're the ones that put them in the hard to love category. Maybe their personality just like agitates you, annoys you, frustrates you, and it just rubs you the wrong way. Maybe their beliefs and political opinions differ from you. So uh, you just find it really, really hard to be around them. Maybe they make decisions that you don't agree with, or maybe the way that you have to show up for them is burdensome, inconvenient, and it's just hard. So ask myself, like, what do all of these things about them have in common? You and me and our unhealthy responses to, to them. Something happens in our hearts that places them in the hard to love category and and it's based on our own shortcomings like my love at times comes up short my love at times is blind my love at times is arrogant and I am in need of of transformation my love is in need of transformation Tonight, I want to look at what it looks like to love Jesus extravagantly and to ask God to give us the ability to love others out of that extravagant love that we have received. Would you pray with me? Father, I just ask that your love would be so evident in the story that we are going to read tonight and that we would be inspired, that you would sow seeds of deep love in us an awakening to your deep love for us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So, of course, if we're going to talk about extravagant love, it has to be a story that includes Jesus. And this particular story is found in all the Gospels, but tonight we're going to look at Luke's point of view in Luke chapter 7. So let me set the scene for you and introduce you to the characters Jesus is invited to uh, a Pharisee named Simon to his house for dinner. Simon is a Pharisee. He's esteemed, he's honored, he's admired, and he's respected as a religious leader in the community. Their dinner is about to be interrupted by an uninvited guest an unnamed woman with an alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. She's referred to as the immoral woman. She's a woman of ill status, likely a prostitute, most definitely living a marginalized life. She shows up and demonstrates this extravagant love for Jesus, and Jesus blesses her for it. Let's look at the description of what um, Luke says about the woman in Luke chapter 7, verse 38. She knelt behind him at his feet weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, on Jesus's feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Now this certain immoral woman's expensive jar of perfume would have been worth an entire working man's salary at the time, not to mention what it would have been worth for this woman, because of her job. Verse 40, then Jesus answered his thoughts. He answered his thoughts. Remember, the, the man said it in his mind, and Jesus answered his thoughts. If you if you get it, you get it. Whoa, mind blown. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, And 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head. But she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man? He goes around forgiving sins. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Here in this story that Jesus tells, he makes this direct connection between love and forgiveness. Those who are forgiven much love much, those who are forgiven little love little. Jesus is not saying that people who have sinned more in their life are better equipped to love. Rather, he's communicating to the Pharisee that he needed forgiveness like we all need forgiveness. If we view ourselves as righteous or less in need of a Savior and of grace than those around us, then we love God less and we love people less and we judge people more. Jesus' comment to the Pharisee cuts to the heart of any self-righteous understanding of forgiveness. Jesus showed the Pharisee the hypocrisy of accepting forgiveness, yet still judging people as less than less important sinners. The Pharisee was so blinded by his light, the light of his own self-righteousness that he could not see like beyond himself. Not only did he not see the woman, but he didn't really see Jesus. Until we can see the woman and know that we are just like her, desperately in need of grace and a Savior, we run the risk of missing out on truly seeing Jesus recognizing our own need for God's mercy and grace. I mean, this is the truth that sets us free. This is the way that we learn to see. This is the way we learn to love extravagantly. The Pharisee was so focused on himself and his own time. He was was self-centered and he was prideful. He belittled the woman and judged her and couldn't believe that Jesus would let her come and get close to him. He couldn't see this extravagant love that was taking place right in front of his eyes. It was a disruption, an inconvenience. He probably even felt like embarrassed for her. How many times have we been the Pharisee like how many times have we passed judgment on someone else maybe even writing them off how many times have we made decisions that like were rooted in self-righteousness how many times have we not recognized the depths of forgiveness and the love that we have freely been given and then freely offered it to others this woman recognized the depth of Jesus's love what it meant for her and others, and responded out of love with deep adoration and gratitude toward Jesus. And Jesus compliments her depths of hospitality. He compliments and gives her gratitude and love. He he calls that, like, over-the-top action as right and good. I wonder if this was the first time this woman, like, got complimented, got called out as doing something right. Oh, the sweet mercy of Jesus. What this woman woman did for Jesus gives us an image of what it's like to have a deep understanding of forgiveness and love. It looks like gratitude. It looks like falling at the feet of Jesus. The only thing more extravagant than the love that this woman has for Jesus is the love that Jesus has for her. Instead of doing what's proper and correct, Jesus does what's unexpected and taboo. Instead of like pushing this immoral woman away, like he welcomes her to come close, to be close to him. Instead of condemning her, Jesus defends her actions and her place. You see, in Jesus' eyes, this woman was not defined by what she had or hadn't done, but was defined by Jesus himself and his extravagant love for her. To the Pharisee's surprise, Jesus did, in fact, know everything about this woman from the moment she entered the house. He knew the layers of her sin better than anyone. He knew the depths of her story, the specific men that she had been with. When Jesus sees you and he sees me, like he never sees us according to our past or our failures, our mistakes, our brokenness. He calls us by our names, sees us as we are through his eyes, and he calls us beloved, One of my favorite parts of this story comes at the end of a different version of Matthew's telling of of this story in Matthew 26, verse 13. Jesus says this I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Jesus is like, what this woman has done, this extravagant like demonstration of love. When people talk about me, this woman will be discussed and she will be remembered. Because what she did bears witness to what Jesus did. As she poured out her very costly perfume for the sake of Jesus, so Jesus would pour out His infinitely costly life for the sake of her and for us. I want to be more like this woman. I want to understand forgiveness and love through her eyes. I want to see Jesus through her eyes. She was this uncalculated giver. Out of her love for Jesus, she took the most expensive, most treasured, most thing of worth that she had that honestly, like, would have been really helpful to her, living this marginalized life, food for days, years. I mean, the most expensive thing, and she pours it at the feet of Jesus, offering it to him. What if people like this woman are instruments to show us what extravagant love really looks like? When we recognized how truly loved we are, we then operate out of that love with love for others. Let me just say that again. When we recognize how truly loved we are, we then operate out of that love with love for others like John writes in 1 John 4:19 we love because he first loved us. When we live in the awakening of God's extravagant love for us, we can't help but love extravagantly. We aren't meant to come up with this love on our own friends. We we the love we're meant to love with is the love of Jesus that we have already received. The love that we're meant to love with is the love that we have already received. Matt Leroy, pastor, author, says this about love, and and it is this love that works its way through us, leaving no part of us untouched or unchanged, welling up and over and out into the world around us in the form of profound love for others. Extravagant love calls us to love extravagantly Extravagant love calls us to love extravagantly. But as we know all too well, love is messy, and we often come up short on love. Unfortunately, it's because of a lot of things. I mean, we could probably sit here and list all the reasons why it's hard for us to love. Our own brokenness, our apathy, our, our hurts, our, our wounds, our self-righteousness. And so on, and so on. Maybe all this talk about love, and maybe this season, February, like love, it just maybe strikes a chord with you, uh, a, a not very nice chord, because you're thinking about, like, how unloved you have felt. Like, you're thinking about your own brokenness, and, and how you've been hurt and mistreated, Maybe you're thinking about how you've been misunderstood, wronged, rejected. I want you to hear this that that God's heart beats for the person who can't speak up for themselves or defends themselves. God's heart is near to the brokenhearted and He binds the wounds. God's heart breaks for the person who's been wronged and overlooked and unnoticed. And that He seeks out the lost, He seeks us out. If you're having trouble, like, like recon- reconciling or, or recognizing or even believing that, like, God could really love you, like, if you're struggling with that, I would love to chat with you, to tell you the truth, to show you the depth of God's love that's found here in this story of God and the promises that he has. If that's you, let's chat about it. There's three things that I'd like for us to end tonight that maybe you might be willing to ask God about that would help us to love extravagantly. And the first one is this maybe you could ask God for an awakening, an awakening of your heart to His love and to His forgiveness, that He would give you just new eyes of new depth of how deep and wide his love is and how nothing can separate you from it nothing no height no death no enemy nothing can separate you from his love maybe for some of you tonight a good question to ask it the holy spirit to maybe like bring to your forefront any places in your life that maybe you've had kind of blind eyes blind vision tunnel vision self-righteousness. I mean, anything that's just hindering you from from, from experiencing the depth of God love, but also ex- experiencing the love that then you get to love others with. Maybe that's a good place to start tonight. Just a simple prayer that just says, Lord, would you open my eyes to the places in me that are hindering me from from, from feeling your love and from loving others? And then the last thing maybe some of you would like To boldly pray the prayer of, Lord, like, who have I unintentionally put on the hard-to-love list that I can really step into and love them, choose to love them out of the love that I have already received from you? If you pray that bold prayer and ask God for that who, there's going to be a person that comes to your mind, and then go and do it. I'm not saying, like, to miraculously wake up tomorrow and just have all, like, everybody in your life, love them extravagantly. I mean, that would be, that would be awesome. Mother Teresa, she has a quote. I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember it totally. But she says, um, help the person that is nearest to you. Love the person that is nearest to you and, and love them deep. Love them extravagantly. Love them through the eyes of Jesus. Who in your life can you offer this extravagant love to? Friends, something happens when we love others. Something happens to us. Um, We end up getting filled with love ourselves. When, When you're loving someone else and you're focusing on them, you're getting closer to the heart of God. Because that is the heart of God, loving us. And when we become closer to God and we become closer to God's heart, we get filled with things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we get close to God and we love and do the things of God, these things get filled in us. May we grow to recognize God's extravagant love for us and may that extravagant love flow out of us into the world extravagantly. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I I thank you for the the width and the depth of your love. How your love seeps into every part of us leaving nothing unchanged or untouched. Father, I pray over the places in our hearts that hurt that have, that don't quite feel your love. I pray your 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 nearness and your presence and your sweet sweet goodness. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would call to mind the places in our lives that we are blind, or that we might have the eyes like the Pharisee did. Self-righteousness, Lord, I pray that you would soften our heart, that we as a community, we as Wesley friends, that we would love extravagantly because you have loved extravagantly. That you would motivate us in our love, you would strengthen us in our love. And that you would send us out of your love. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.